Welcome to the Behind the Bits podcast. Your host, Scott Curtis, wants to learn everything he can about stand-up comedy and take you along for the ride. Scott and his guests talk serious about comedy in every episode. Behind the Bits will uncover knowledge from different perspectives on subjects such as writing and performing stand-up comedy, as well as booking shows and the comedy life. If you're thinking about becoming a stand-up comic, already in the comic game, or a comedy nerd, Behind the Bits is the show for you. Now, let's get Behind the Bits. Hey, BTB buddies, I've got Dwayne White on the show today. Dwayne is a Washington, D.C.-based stand-up comedian who started doing stand-up comedy after he retired from the military. Dwayne and I actually virtually met while uh, the pandemic was in full force. He did my BTB internet talk show a couple times, and we just stayed in touch. And he is really making things happen by starting his own shows and by performing with folks like Josh Blue, Rob Riggle, and Jackie Cashin, and generally just making things happen. And uh, that's really what we talked about, is how to make things happen as a comedian and making your own opportunities. Here's Dwayne White. It's a good one. Dwayne White. What's up? Dwayne. Good to be here. Right, good. Over I, here. I don't know how I'm going to live up to that introduction, though. Yeah. I, he's uh, a hard worker. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many bosses right now that'd be like, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> that's crazy. Well, your work ethic changes when you're working for yourself. Uh, you yeah, know, that's, it it's it's a little bit different, but doing yeah, something you enjoy. Yeah, I always thought you were uh, super cool when we got together uh, doing the talk show and doing during pandemic times, and then, you know, I just become this uh, fly in the wall that watches what people do. And I feel like there's really two types of comedians out there right now. There's the ones who bitch about not being able to get on shows or get anything booked and also bitch about other comedians. And then there's the ones who are out there quietly hustling and just posting their shows. And you're the one on the second part of the list that's putting out, I looked at your website and you know, you got an arm's length long list of things that you're doing and oh, keep them busy and staying positive at the same time. I really appreciate that. The Prozac helps. That's yeah. the main <laughs> It keeps me positive now, but no, it's good. No, yeah, it's been a good, it's been a good year so far. Man. Yeah. You know, it's been good. How do you get yourself into that state of mind? Because, you know, comedy is a bitch at best. Yeah, and, for sure. And you get screwed over, you know, people get jobs that you think you should have, you know, all that kind of stuff happens and it happens to everybody. How do you rise above that and just keep hustling and making things happen? Oh, man. I'm, I mean, I just, I think, I mean, part of it probably just has to do with the fact that I'm a little older yeah. than, than most, you know? So it's one of those things. I mean, I always joked when I started comedy, I was like, you know, everybody says, hey, it takes 10 years. It takes 10 years. I'm like, well, I don't have 10 years. I'm going <laughs> to I could be dead in 10 years, man. I don't know. You know, so like, that's cool if you're 18 to have 10 years, but as I, I don't know. I just think as far as, you know, as far as just keeping a positive attitude, I mean, I'm very lucky. I have a lot of good friends around that, that help me out and keep me positive, you know, cause it's like everything else. Like I get kind of down sometimes too, you know, I kind of made a joke about this weekend. I was like, it was a great comedy week. A lot of cool things happen. And then I'm like, I know within 24 hours, I'll be sitting there going, oh, I suck. I hate my life. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just a weird mentality that we have. So, I mean, 
mean, I have a really good comedy community here in the DC area, you know, at the place I run, you know, I kind of try to run it like a family and we're very supportive to each other. And, you know, just being in, you know, I started with this nonprofit called Armed Services Arts Partnership. It's how I started doing comedy. I teach their classes for them now. And it's just, I mean, and we really try to build a community Mm -hmm. uh, even more so than build comics because, you know, these, some of these folks are taking it. It's just a bucket list thing. They want to do it one time, give it a shot. And, but we try to really build a community around that. And that's helpful. We have a big veteran community around here. So, I mean, that, that keeps me positive. Mm-hmm. I think in that, in that sense, you know, when things are going bad, you can call somebody and go, Hey man, do I suck? And they're like, no, what's shut up. <laughs> look at me now. And they go, look at your calendar. I'm like, all right, that's fair. But still, I feel like I suck. And, you know, and they're like, shut up. So, you know, it's good, man. It's like anything. I think that, that is, it's, you know, anything I've ever done in my life, I think that was difficult and was good. It was, if I was successful, it was because of people around me. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And, you know, you can't just be that lone ranger. You'll go crazy and, and get in your head. So it's nice to have that, I think. So now is being community minded like that and getting with people and networking, does that come natural to you? Yeah. I mean, it does and doesn't. I mean, I. <sighs> Yeah, it's it, yes. I mean, to a point, I mean, I'm definitely an extrovert, you know, in that sense. And just I think really being in the military and the types of units that I grew up in, where it was really small units and tight team and all that, it really kind of stuck with me. And that that idea of it's more of who, you know, and how to get things done than and building those relationships than it is maybe, you know, being the guy that's the highest ranking or the guy that's, you know, that that's technically in charge. It's that idea that, you know, I just like, the relationships are what's going to get things done. And I think that's helped me a lot in this world for sure. Now, when you first started doing stand up, that was like right out of the army, right? Or- no, actually, no, okay. I was, so I was still working. I just started, it was, I retired from the army in 15 and I was a contractor for a while. Then I was a government employee for a while. And then I started doing that when I was a government employee, Okay, which is hilarious because it just does not really go to yeah (laughs) but no i kind of stumbled on the asap thing and and yeah so so yeah and i was still working in department of defense at the time Uh i kind of felt like i was still in the military but you know i just had a beard it was about the only difference yeah uh, (laughs) crazy big shout out to the razor company i need one of those it's uh, no you know so i was yeah i was definitely not in but working around them all the time still so yeah, it's, you know, your transition is so much like I, I've made friends with a guy since I moved down to Huntsville. His name's Carmine. And he was, I think he was Army and for a long time. And then he basically got stationed here at Redstone in Huntsville. And then he retired and took the same job as a contractor and is doing the same thing he did before. But making more money as a contractor. He just came to an open mic with me last week and it's the exact same story. And it's pretty funny. Yeah, I did. I did a lot of the similar things, not at first when I was a contractor, I didn't, but when I was a government guy, I was doing a lot of the same stuff. And Mm. I think that's probably what told me. I just was like, Nope, we're done with this. Yeah. I did this long enough. And yeah, it just was, it was kind of killing me to do the same thing. I was like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. So, so, I mean, it works for some people. Some of us, it's just like, no, this is too much. (laughs) I did this long enough. I don't need to anymore. Now, when you first started doing stand up, what, you know, what was behind that? Why did you want to do it? 
Well, to be honest, with I always tell I joke. I was like, I had a terrible childhood. No, that's my, my parents didn't get along. No, it was, I'd always wanted to be a comedian, honestly, uh-huh. ever since I was a little kid. And, you know, I kind of grew up watching Richard Pryor and Robin Williams and listening to Eddie Murphy, like in the basement, you know, uh, where I couldn't get in trouble for here, listen to it. But I'd always wanted to do it, never had a chance to, because I tried to go to like some open mics when I was a kid, but you had to be 18 to get into the bars in Dallas where I was living. And, uh, and so I couldn't go, couldn't try it. And I just kind of forgot about it. And I was actually, this is, I was actually having conversations with my son. He was getting ready to, he was about to graduate high school. We were going through all these like really, you know, deep conversations about do what you want it. Don't be, you know, cause I was miserable in my government job. I was like, don't do like I did. Don't chase the money. Don't do this. And he, and you know, I was telling him to follow his dreams. And you know, like I even told him, I was like, I used to be, I wanted to be a stand up comic. I never got a chance to try. And then one day I just happened into a coffee shop up in DC and there was a flyer for ASAP. It was like, Hey, you know, would you like to try stand-up comedy? Are you a veteran? And all that. I was like, oh, well, I would be an absolute hypocrite if I didn't try this and give it a shot. Uh-huh. And it was a blast. And it was like, you know, it, it, you know, we throw the term life-changing around, but it was. I was like, okay, I'm going to give it a shot, see if I'm any good at it. You know, I'll probably suck. It won't be good. You know, I'll go. But at least I can do it. And I fell in love with it. I mean, it just, you know, it's the best drug on the planet. Yeah. You know, as, as you know. So, I mean, it's, and here I am. So, you know. And did you just dive right in and just keep going or did you do it for a while and say, okay, I've done it and then get drawn back? No, I mean, I was, I jumped in with both feet. I mean, you know, I did the class and had an absolute blast with it, met a bunch of great people and started, you know, started doing the open mics. Now, when I first started, I was doing like, okay, I'll do one to two open mics a week. And then as it got going, I'm like, okay, I'll do three or four and I you know, start booking shows. And you're like, next thing you know, you're doing comedy five or six nights a week and, you know, multiple shows and stuff. And you're like, this is the best thing I've ever done. This uh-huh. is so it's just every, it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, the more you do it, the more you want it uh-huh. and keep doing it for me. So, you know, I know some people can go in and just do it for a while and back out and go, but I can't imagine not doing it every yeah. week. So it's just I don't know. I love it that much. That's I guess. great. Now you're getting people that want to work with you, you know, like, like Josh Blue. Yeah. And, and what type of networking do you have to do to get in front of people like Josh? Oh, uh, well, I'll tell you, man, Josh, the thing with Josh just fell into my lap, to be honest. Uh-huh. Um, and it became, it came from the military side of things, actually. I got a buddy of mine who's also, who was on the shows that we did in Colorado and he's, we're going to do the shows in, uh, in, where are we going? Florida, Florida in October together. Mm-hmm. He's an army veteran. He went through the same program as I did a few years or maybe about a year before me. He had done some shows with like arm, basically through Gary Sidney's foundation. You know, the Lieutenant Dan, he has an awesome foundation, takes care of vets. And he had done some shows in like Alaska and Hawaii and he put my name in for this show and next thing you know they called me and were like hey do you want to go on this mini tour out in Colorado with Josh Blue and Adam and I was like yes I do and you know Josh and I just kind of hit it off Uh and then when he came out to DC you know or he was in Richmond I went down and did a spot with him down in Richmond at the Funny Bone and then when he came to DC or you know he did the Arlington Draft House and I got to feature for him the whole Mm -hmm. weekend so yeah I mean you know it's just one of those lucky things that fell into my lap that I you know just was lucky enough to take advantage of so pretty it's been pretty cool in that sense yeah and he's a great he's a great dude he's such a fun guy to hang out with too he is he's crazy (laughs) yeah so much fun so we have a good time together that's great you know it's funny i did and this is 
been over a year ago. I did that thing for Tom Dreesen's book. I did that, yeah. that little special. Gary Sinise almost dropped in. Oh, man. I was working with his agent, and, I mean, she was... A hundred percent all the way up until I think two days before the show. And then she said he had to, he couldn't do it. And I talked to Tom about it and he said, yeah, some shit happened. And <laughs> it's way so I missed it. Yeah. Stuff went down. Yeah. And, uh, no, it's been awesome. And I mean, that dude has a heart for the troops, man. I mean, he really does. Yeah. And you know, I, I, you know, I, I haven't gotten to meet him in person yet, but I mean, just the stuff he does you know, for the soldiers and, you know, well, for the troops in general, and then just putting these tours together. It's super fun. I hope, and Josh did the same thing the other day we were talking to, you know, I hope that these continue to happen because they're a blast. They're an absolute blast to go to, especially as an army guy. I mean, like I got, I was stationed at Fort Carson when I was in the army. So we did a show out there and I, you know, it was like going home yeah. and then this tour, we're actually going to be down there at, in, at Eglin air force base. 20 years to the, almost to the day of when I, th that's where the last phase of ranger school is. And it's almost 20 years to the day of when I got out of, or when I was down there for ranger school. So we're going to go wow. check that out. And it's going to be a much better experience. I'm going to have food and sleep. It's going to be so much better. <laughs> we're going to check it out. It's just cool how that stuff kind of works out. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's really neat. Now you talked about the community you have there in the DC area. Is that a community that like, cause you're running shows and stuff like that is something, is yeah. that something that you helped to build or was it there I mean, and you became a part of it? No, I mean, to a little bit of both, I think. I mean, there was a community there, especially when we started talking about vets. And then, but the comedy community in general here is really, is pretty good. You know, I mean, every comedy community has got their weird clicks and the strange mm -hmm. stuff that happens, right? But there's, it's a good scene out here. It's not like, it's not just like there's a handful. There's a lot of folks and you can do comedy somewhere here every night of the week. There's some, something going on or multiple things going on. So it's a good, you know, it's a good community. As far, I mean, I think I built some of it, like, you know, when I started my room down here, I live about half hour south of the city. And when I started my room, we were one of the only things in town because it was right at the end of the pandemic. You know, I started up, Virginia was open, but DC wasn't, you know, so a lot of people came through here and, you know, you just, we started, you know, it, it kind of became this place to hang for comics. And, you know, I just, I kind of try to run it like a family, you know, in a sense, you know, and, you know, I'll have comics come over for dinner or, you know, sometimes or Thanksgiving or whatever. I kind of go into that old military mindset where I'm like, I just want to take care of, yeah. you know, they're all, kids. a lot of them are just kids, you know, so yeah. I want to be, you know, kind of be that. And I'm older, you know, and, I, <laughs> and so, you know, my, and so my wife and I run it together and it's, so it's kind of like our, family in a lot of ways in that sense so yeah i guess both i'm kind of rambling but yeah uh -huh. i guess both it was there and i kind of helped build some stuff in it but that's really both. nice it's you know it's always kind of a cool spot to be the old one in a comedy scene and you're Sometimes. i mean you're, you're kind of a baby compared to me but they kind of i think some of them are just nice to you by default because they think you're like with me they think I'm their grandpa with you, maybe dad. And, but then when you get to know them and they find out you're as twisted as they are, you're just older yeah, for sure. um, <laughs> and yeah. you know how to control Probably more it. So in a lot of ways, <laughs> but yeah, it's funny. Like when they first, some of the younger folks when they come in, you know, it's like, 
I had one guy in particular. He was like this 18 year old, just graduated from high school. He was uh-huh. like, "Mr. White, <laughs> knock that shit off! <laughs> <laughs> like, let's stop that. <laughs> like, we're done with that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't need, I don't need that. But, but no, it's it is cool too to, to you know, because some of these kids are even younger than my kids you uh-huh. know, that are coming in. So it's it's cool to watch them and cool to talk to them. They, you know, they got a lot of energy and no no life experience. Yeah, so that's... one of these days yeah. when they. <laughs> That'll be good. Now you said a half hour south, so I'm mapping things. Is that Alexander? A little bit further south than that. So, like, I'm in Woodbridge. Okay. I'm in, okay. Uh, yeah, right off of 95. Okay. Uh, right. Right. Yeah. So my daughter's in Falls Church, and I, okay, you know, you're one of them. I've wanted to have coffee with, and oh, there, there's a few of them in the DC area that I've I've wanted to see when I'm there. But my grandkids are there, and I'm yeah, always just a hundred percent consumed by them. And but I'll get out one night, and we normally just spend a weekend there anyway. So man, yeah, let me know next time you're coming out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, cool. and but I and I've never seen a show in dc i oh really yeah i've been to the cigar bar there and a couple other places but i've never gotten to see a comedy show there oh man you got to come out i mean there's comedy shows every night of the week for sure especially on the weekends i mean you know thursday through sunday there's always something hot going on yeah uh, in dc so it it really is a good it really is a really good uh, you know comedy scene out here, I mm-hmm. think. Now, this is a question I ask a lot of people. Because you run a room, you get to see those 18-year-olds, and you get to see the ones that are, you know, they're definitely raw. They're yeah. not They're not a cut gem yet. And, right, right, right. But you notice these, uh, these sparks of greatness and diamonds in the rough and all the cliches, I can say. Yeah. But, but you, when you see that and you're in a position of being able to give advice and you also see them shooting themselves in the foot right after they do something good. What types of advice have you given them? What advice would you give to a, you know, a 20 year old that just, they've got a decent 10 minutes right now, but they, they don't know what to do with it. What advice do you give those types of kids? Man, I mean, I think I'd give them the same advice to anybody starting. I was just like, and this is someone told me is just be a good person. You know what I mean? And maybe, you know, not necessarily from the comedy standpoint, you know, just being a good person that people want to be around. It's amazing how much, how far that can take someone in the community as far as, you know, if they're trustworthy, if they're on time, if they're, if they're, you know, not being the guy that's harassing all the people in the room and stuff like that. They're not drunk and high all the time. I mean, you know, I just tell them like, be a reliable, good human being that you'd want to book if you were booking shows. You know, it, when it comes to comedy, I mean, you know, sometimes I'll offer feedback, you know, but I try not to offer much comedy feedback unless they ask, you know, mm-hmm. and some people do, you know, where I'm like, okay, you know, here's a spot where you could tag it, stuff like that. But, you know, cause everybody's got their own thing and trying to figure out their own voice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that's really what I try and tell them to do is just like that idea of being a professional and being somebody that, that someone wants around. Right, right. What do you, uh, so how did you get the room? Let's talk about that. Let's go back to getting a room. How do you yeah. go about doing that? I send my wife to talk to him. <laughs> That's my trick. It's like nobody wants to talk to this old freaking middle-aged bearded white guy, but I send in the tall, hot German chick and it's like, hey, like, hey, have you guys ever thought of doing the comedy? <laughs> Next thing you know, 
it's worked several times, but no, no, she's much more, she's way better. And then she's like, and it's a bait and switch. And she's like, Oh good. This is my husband. He'll talk all the details with you. It's so great. No, I, it, yeah, I think so. We had another room that we started earlier in, in, in during quarantine when things were still really, they were still kind of closed up, but they were starting to open up and she went in and talked to this guy and, um, it, it, it was okay. It was a good room. We did the best we could do with it, but then uh, they shut down. They, the whole business went under and, uh, and this other, this place, we just kind of stumbled into it. I knew they had been having bands and things like that there. And so went in to talk to them and they were great. I mean, they, they were on board. I just, I went in and was like, Hey, you know, we'd like to bring this, whatever slow night you have. And, you know, they were slow on Tuesdays. I'm like, mm. we'll do Tuesdays. Let's do it. And, you know, the first night we did it, you know, even just comics, you bring in 18, 20 people that they had nobody there yeah. and they were thrilled to death. And then, you know, as word starts getting out, the comics are funny and people start showing up and, you know, you build an audience and it just kind of took off and they love it. And they're a great venue for it. We've just, you know, that, that relationship that we have is so good. You know, they've, uh, they've helped, we've done things there. They put in permanent lights for us now and they put in, you know, different things that, you know, now we don't have to bring in as much equipment and, oh, you know, cool. they're, they're doing a lot of upgrades to the place to, to make it more convenient for us. They love it. And then, you know, we went from doing just an open mic once a week to, he said, Hey, can you do more stuff during the week? So we started doing like a riff mic every other week where people just come in and make stuff up, mm. which is a blast. It's like game night with comics. And yeah. then, you know, we started doing showcases there and, you know, contests and stuff. So, I mean, it's a really, it's just, honestly, I think we just got really lucky with finding that relationship because they're great. Well, and I'll tell you what helped us the most. This is no kid is the bartender, the head bartender at this place used to be a stand-up comic, took like a 10 year hiatus. Okay. And when we came back now he has, he's, you know, he was great. He's doing comedy all the time, at least two, three times a week now again. And, you know, sometimes he hosts for me and stuff like that. But he, he it was great because like a lot of times when at the other places where I'd say, hey, we need to do this and it needs to be super dark. I need to cram seats in. I need it to be, you know, the lights are going to be insanely bright and all these different things to make it like a comedy club. Uh -huh. And, you know, where other places, this bartender would be like on the side. He's like, no, he's totally right. Like, you should do that. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> he's such a he's such a behind the scenes like ally for us. Yeah. It's awesome. So. <laughs> It's like, no, it's totally, yeah, no, it's, I know it's crammed in, but it's better for comedy. Yeah. <laughs> that was so lucky. Oh, uh, yeah. And he's a great dude and he helps us so much in that. And he, like I said, he hosts for me now. He hosts shows. He's doing great stuff. And so it's cool to have him as part of the team there. So it's fun. Yeah. That's definitely, if you know, you know, type thing is you, yeah. you just, you just have to know that. So let's talk about your act because you, yeah. you know, you've got it, you've got, got it to a point where, you know, you can work with a Josh blue and, and what did it take? Because, you know, you talk about the 10 year plan and then you talk about what you were on, which is a much shorter span. How did you condense everything to the point where you can get your act to a point where you're good enough to go up there? Well, I mean, I think. Well, I think the biggest thing that helped me was when, was during the pandemic, instead of, you know, a lot of comics just shut down they're like, we're not doing it. And, you know, Zoom sucks and this and that. It's like, yeah, okay, fine. But it's what we have, you know, it's what is out there right now. And it's where people are. It's where an audience is. So by God, I'm doing it, you know? So, and, you know, I just jumped in with both feet and a couple of friends of ours. I mean, Nick Baskerville, I know he's been on your show. You know, we started a weekly show where we were doing stuff and, you know, it was definitely different, but it was one of those things where I think it really helped 
that I just, I mean, I would do three, four things a day from my basement. It was awesome. You didn't have to drive anywhere. You didn't have to go anywhere. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't the greatest laughs all the time, but it was a place to, to get some reps in. And I think that honestly, I think that helped me a lot during the time. And I definitely saw it right after the pandemic, you know, when people would come out and they were really rusty, you know, they hadn't been in, on stage in two years Yeah, and it helped. I mean, that helped a lot from a networking standpoint, to be honest too. I mean, you know, I met you, I met all these different people online all over the country, all over the world, you know? So, I mean, that when you could, so that then when things broke, you had a name out there and people knew that, you know, who you were and you could get gigs and, you know, key is stage time, right? So the more stage time you could get, the better. So, yeah, I think, I mean, I guess, does that answer your question? Does that kind of yeah. answer your question? Yeah. I don't know. I was like, I just didn't quit. <laughs> just, <laughs> I was like, I refuse to quit. Oh, uh, you're such a military guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny what happened. We were down on it. I had just gotten picked up when pandemic happened to teach the class for my first, like as a primary instructor for the armed services, arts partnership class. And we were like, this is going to suck. This is terrible. We don't want to do it. This isn't how comedy works. Like we'll start the class this way, but then at, by the end of the six week class, we'll be back in live at the improv. Everything will be fine. And that was obviously not true. And, <laughs> But when it became clear that was how things were going to go, they doubled down too. And they said every Friday night, you know, we are going to do a show with alumni from this program. And at first I was like, oh, it's going to suck. But, you know, all right, I'll do it. And then, you know, we kind of figured it out. We kind of worked out the kinks, which made Zoom mics not that bad to go to. You know, the first few really sucked. It was horrible. Yeah. But after a while, you know, we figured it out. And, and, and you know, you go, okay, this isn't so bad. We can uh -huh. do this. And you know, that helped get into the Zoom stuff more, right. which then helped get into the other stuff. And yeah, so, and yeah. So, I mean, as far as condensing it, I don't know. I just go do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as much as like, you know, I have a very hard time saying no to things. You know, if I'm not already booked, I'm like, yeah, why not? Let's go. And, and then, you know, trying to, you know, made it, made some good goals this last year of like, hey, I'm going to perform in X number of states. I'm mm -hmm. going to do this. I'm going to do that. And you just kind of, check stuff off as you go and go, okay, I am making progress. Cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. So. I think one of the big mistakes I see comedians make is they really get married to a bit, even though it doesn't work. And I think that the, and I don't want to say old people are better, but I, you know, the maturity and having gone through failures in life and stuff like that and ha having bad shit happen to you, yeah. I think it, it makes you a little bit more self-aware and you can say goodbye to a bit a little bit earlier, something that you think's funny that just ain't working. Yeah. And I think that, I think in some cases when you start a little bit later, that helps bring you forward a little bit quicker. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, well, and it's funny. We all, we joke about that a lot. It's like, no, you should just keep telling that same joke the exact same way. Yeah. Don't keep it at all. <laughs> Eventually gonna people are going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think that's not the point. You're supposed to be changing it, working it out. That's the point of a mic, man. You're supposed to be figuring it out. But, but yeah, you see that a lot where it's like, no, I'm just going to keep saying this bit yeah. about, about my genitalia over <laughs> and over again. And someone will laugh. Yes. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, okay. someday, someday. Now, I met a guy down here that he's a vet and has some pretty severe PTSD. And he pretty much says that if he didn't start doing comedy, he'd be dead now. Have you, in teaching that class, have you run into people that that's changed your life? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're very careful to say like, hey, we're not therapists. This isn't right. therapy. Yeah. You know, it's therapeutic, but we're not therapists. But yeah, I mean, you see guys come in and 
I don't know that. Well, well, yeah, no, for real. I mean, yeah, I've seen some folks that I know that are in the program or they went through the program that are definitely like, you know, they have PTSD or they have, you know, difficulty dealing with stuff that are that the comedy and even more so the community, I think, you know, I don't want to say just the art form is helpful, but the community that we build around it is also super helpful, I think, to these folks, because, you know, just especially for the veterans you know, we want to be, we want to realize, Hey, we're not alone. And DC is a weird place. There's a ton of us out there, but DC is a weird place where everybody just kind of scatters to their own corners. And it's not like, you know, a smaller area where there, you know, where, you know, you can feel like you're part of a family. It's very easy to kind of get lost in the shuffle out here. So, you know, having that, I think has helped, you know, and just, you know, even people that don't continue to do comedy, you know, or maybe they just get in and they, cause you know, the, the organization teaches different art forms too. So they get in through comedy and they go, Oh, well, I'm really a writer. I want to go take a writing class. And then they get in with yet another group of people and, you know, and, but you see them coming through shows, even people that haven't done comedy in, in years at this point will still come to shows, still hang out with people. And it's very cool to watch that, you know, to see that community. I mean, we had a guy, he started our class due to some family things. He had to leave after one week, but it was like the first time he had done anything publicly in like over 15 years. Uh -huh. Like he was just that kind of a, he's shut in with his anxiety and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like after just a couple of weeks of talking to us, then he had to leave the class. But even then, he, you know, he came out to a show last week was, I, you know, and it's like, okay, this is awesome. Somebody mm -hmm. just because somebody from the community called him was like, Hey, can you come out? You want to go to, and yep. Okay, cool. And you know, it's that stuff that I think helps more than anything. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that's all it takes is somebody to call and say, I'd like to see you. And uh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah I, I didn't just, mean to take the room down. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, serious. <laughs> PTSD, but no, it's cool to watch that, man. I mean, it's, I'm very passionate about, you know, seeing people that may not step out of their comfort zone, kind of step out of it and live their life where they kind of been sheltered because, you know, the self, uh, you know, self-inflicted sheltering, you know, based on stuff that happened to them. But yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. What's the best compliment you've got from a big name comic? Oh man, that's, Ooh, that's a hard one. <laughs> this is different than the talk show, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Wait for Dean Martin. It's like, damn it, Dean. I studied for Dean. No, it's just, I will say the first, the first comment I really remember getting that was, that it was funny. And I don't know, is he's a big name here in DC. Ramin Mastafavi, very good dude out here. He's, he's, he's great. He's kind of one of my mentors as well, but he, the first time I saw him, I've been doing comedy for like three months and he, and he's known for being very blunt and very direct. And he walks up the first show I'd done with him. He walks up, he goes, Hey, how long have you been doing comedy? I'm like, mm, since uh, it was June or I was like, this since like March. He's like, and even that was kind of a stretch. Cause that's when I started class. It was like really like I'm two uh -huh. months. He goes, he goes, you didn't suck. <laughs> like, Thank you. I appreciate that compliment, sir. Thank you so much. <laughs> I was like, you didn't suck. I'm like, I really appreciate, you know, but you know, I, I, yeah. So, I mean, and you know, Tony Woods would give me some compliments. He's out here all the time. And, mm. and you know, that, that means a lot when Tony says something good, but yeah, it's, uh, it's weird. You know, the, the, when a comic just being told you don't suck is a compliment in the comedy world. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> when I first started doing open mics, I would drag my wife to everyone that she'd come to. And the only question I'd ask her at the end of it was, was I the worst? And if I got, was I the worst, even once I was just going to quit. And I was never the worst. And I was definitely in the bottom of the pack sometimes, but there's always somebody worse yeah. than you <laughs> for young comics. There's yeah. always somebody that sucks. Yeah. More than you. <laughs> That's 
hilarious, dude. Yeah, that's, I mean, that'll put a strain on a marriage going to an open mics all the time. No doubt. I feel bad for my wife because she sits there through all of it, like now, because I go out and talk to the comics and hang yeah. out, and she sits there, she lights them and everything. Uh-huh. I'm just like, you poor woman. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's a glutton for punishment, man. That's okay. So, but, what does she think about the whole thing? You know, she's definitely supportive, but, you know, how it's a nighttime job. And yeah, so, so well, it's so we went through a few phases. I will say that everybody in my house has yelled at me through tears at one point of like, oh, you care about comedy. (laughs) Like, well, comedy doesn't talk back. But no, it's in the beginning. I think she was more she was less supportive. She's like, okay, cool. It's another hobby. Like Uh he's hunting or playing golf or what, you know, something else is just going to drag you away. And I mean, but there was I don't know exactly when it was, but there was a time when it really clicked and it just changed where she's like, okay, this is what he wants to do. This is what he's going to do. And then, you know, then it started, especially when I started talking about and then quit my day job, you know, Uh to do it full time. She was like, You know, she really, and she was very supportive on that. And it really turned a huge corner. And, you know, just at one specific, just like she Mm -hmm. turned and now she's like, it's your, it's, this is what you do. This is your job. So, you know, even when I'm like gone last week on short notice and, you know, all the, and gone three days before that trip, you know, it's like, she goes, Hey, this is your job. I get it. It's fine. Uh-huh. And so it's, it's actually really nice to have that support now. Cause I, I mean, like I said, early on, it was a little touch and go, but uh-huh. it's awesome now. And f- this, to be perfectly honest with you, this is the first time I think in our entire life, we found something that we really do well together as a team. Like she's that efficient German, you know, yeah. doing the, you know, she can run things and she can, you know, she builds stages. She runs the, she goes down on show days and sets up the entire venue. So it looks like a, it really looks like a comedy club and does mm-hmm. all that. So she's like totally, uh, you know, she's, she does that. And then I can deal with the creative side and deal with the comics and stuff like that. So, so in reality, I mean, I joke with people, like we're the best we've ever been in that sense because she's part of the team. And, yeah. you know, we really, I really feel like we're a team. Yeah. Maybe more so than we ever were. So yeah. it's pretty cool. It's so similar to my wife and I because, you know, I was uh, right before the pandemic, I was doing shows at a place and, you know, she was there taking money and uh, doing the door and making sure everything was cool and uh, helping me with the tables and everything else. So, yeah, I, yeah. I totally dig it. Well, it's nice too because she can be a jerk to people when they come in <laughs> and like they don't want to sit where she wants to put them and they're like, eh, and she can get mad because, because if I have to do it, then I'm like, then yeah. I get up to host, like, hey, what's going on, everybody? How's it going? <laughs> I know I just told you to shut up and sit down, but thanks for coming out. I appreciate you being here. It's helpful. Uh, I can be mad at her. So it's good. That's great. I asked this question on my earlier interview and I think I'm going to start asking it more. So as a comedian, your, your work week is really different than everybody else's work week, but you still have to do the stuff to make the work week happen at the times that you're not working. You're not doing stand up. So what is a typical Monday and Tuesday during the day? Like for you, Monday is a really big admin day, you know, so I do a lot of admin stuff. I get a lot of, you know, for the following week, if I haven't already put it out, because I kind of start my work week for comedy on Sunday where I'm like, that's when I try to send out the, you know, the list for the open mics that I'm running of when they're going to, who's going to be on it. Cause everything I do is sign up in advance. You know? And so I send that out and get that rolling. You know, Mondays are reviewing the event bright pages for the upcoming shows, creating Facebook posts for the open mics, you know, doing for private gigs, you know, although private gigs would kind of answer as they come in, but doing getting private gig stuff set up, 
communicating with venues, kind of reviewing the schedule, doing all, I try to do a lot of the admin stuff. Tuesday, I try not to do as much just because I know I'm going to run the mic that night, you know, getting the order together, you know, talking to folks. Yeah, just kind of a little less, but still a pretty heavy admin day. So, so, so that's kind of, that's kind of how it goes. You know, uh-huh. Tuesday is really how my, when my comedy week, Tuesday night is when my comedy week typically starts, you know, so I try to go out, I try every Tuesday to go or usually every Tuesday to go out to lunch with a, a really good comedy buddy of mine here that lives real close. And, you know, we just kind of shoot the breeze and talk, talk comedy business stuff and things. But yeah, so Monday is an admin day, man. Yeah. Really, I've been doing admins since I got up this morning. <laughs> so Monday's the least fun day. Oh, and then you get stuck talking to me. So <laughs> no, this is good. This yeah. is good. I like it. So when do you write then? So what I'm, tr- what I try to do doesn't always work out, but I try to do, I try to do the morning pages bit from, you know, from the artist way and from the whole Judy Carter book where you sit down every morning. So I try to write like two or three pages every morning, just kind of free flow writing ideas and then uh you know i'll take those i'm in a couple of writers groups with some comedy friends and sometime throughout the week you know we'll get together and hash out ideas and kind of bounce things off of each other you know throughout the week and so yeah i try to write every morning and then i try to like kind of refine it just you know maybe before i go to a mic or before you know i head out but yeah i try to do it every morning it's it depends on the day how long whether or not that actually happens, but. So hosting an open mic gives you the opportunity to try out new material. So when you're hosting, how much new material do you do versus like some of the tried and true stuff? So now I do mostly new stuff. I probably say 75% new stuff, but so when I was hosting, so when I first started out, I've changed the way I run my mic a little bit. So when I first started and I was always the first you know, I would host from the beginning to the end. I would always feel like I had to, in order to set the tone, I would always do some pretty tried and true stuff and try some stuff out, but I would do the classic, you know, let's sandwich stuff in between new stuff in between old stuff. And, but now what I do is I have someone else host the first half of the show. And then I come up about the midway through. So it's all, so I don't feel like I'm responsible necessarily for, you know, setting that tone up front. Else can do it. And then I can just kind of take over the show when it's already warmed up and I can play with some newer, I feel like more freedom to play with new bits. And then, you know, I'll still throw some, you know, some older stuff in there just a, a lot of times now just to practice. Cause I don't get a chance to do some of the stuff that, you know, that I want to play with here and there just to knock the knock the rust off of it Mm -hmm. but then in between comics you know i try not to do too much but you know every so often i'll get a little riff going and i'll be like okay that's a good bit yeah for sure make a note of that and try it again it's amazing the ideas you get from somebody else's last bit you know and and it's not the same thing but something pops in your head yeah Yeah, you think oh yeah okay i get this yeah yeah or you're you know they'll start talking about tattoos you're like i have a tattoo joke yeah yeah whatever Uh And so, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's hard work hosting, but it's a lot of fun. You get a lot of, you do get a lot of bits out of it, you know, cause you never know what's going to happen in the room and what's going to be said, who's going to show up. You never know. So it's always one of those things where you're always kind of mining for material. At yeah. That point. So yeah. It's pretty awesome. Now you talked about goals and the goals you had for this year. What types of goals do you have ahead of you that you're trying to get to? And what are you doing to get to them? Well, let me pull off my little shirt. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> so, I mean, I think the ones that I'm, that I haven't really hit this year that I'm really wanting to do is, you know, I said, you know, write to write 30 minutes a day. Cause I wanted to come up with another 45 minutes of like a level material, which uh-huh. I haven't gotten there yet. And, you know, that's one of those things where it's like the more shows you do, the, it's like the less new material you come up with. Cause you're just doing the old stuff. Cause you don't want to do new stuff at shows, but yeah. you know, uh, let's see financial, you know, I have a financial goal and that I haven't hit yet, but I will, you know, I'm, definitely on track to hit that one a few more festivals this year that i want to get on to and you know one of the things that i've struggled with that i know i need to do that's one on one of my goals is you know the social media stuff you know tiktok is it's it sucks but it's there you know and trying to get tiktok videos out and i was like i'm gonna do two a week and i'm like i would hopefully do two a month because <laughs> not a thing. You know, it's like, but you know i get on there when i can think of something good and and you know, it's funny because this has made me think, but there's one comedian who does a ton of TikToks that's here and he's like, hey, man, I want to shoot some TikTok videos with you. I'm like, yeah, let's do that. But, you know, looking at this, I go, you know, I could meet that goal if I actually <laughs> did this with him. So I needed, yeah. you know, stuff like that. But yeah, so I mean, I just made a ton this year. I really sat down and, and wrote out a bunch of them this year. And it was, you know, I want to like I wanted to perform in 10 states, the you know, the financial side, do X number of nights every week host at certain clubs there was a certain show that that a buddy of mine runs here that i really wanted to get on and uh, you know got on that and so yeah it's been kind of amazing it's funny because i teach you know one of my part-time gig now i have a do have a part-time gig where i teach like leadership coaching and stuff Uh to to the navy which i always joke is kind of a waste of time but it is it's (laughs) sorry navy people but and to my company but you know it's just like this part-time side thing that i do but it's it, 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 that's fun too because I get material out of that. But you know, I was talking about like you got to set goals, you got to do this. And I was like, okay, I got to put my money where my mouth is on this. And it's been amazing how much that's helped me because when it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't want to go do this show in, you know, West Virginia or Connecticut. I'm like, well, you said you wanted to do ten show, ten to non, you know, DC, Maryland, Virginia states this year. <sighs> yep, I do. And okay, I'm going to. Pennsylvania to do a show at a campground but you know and it's funny because all those things lead to something else you know they all everything spirals and leads to another gig so it's always worth it you know so it's cool yeah and congrats on writing them writing the goals down because it's not a goal unless you write it down (laughs) I feel like such a cheese ball sometimes but it doesn't work (laughs) it actually or it changes you know you got to have those things there and it changes changes the game you know focuses you at least you know it's now funny. i haven't done all these things with being a good father and all that but those are crap goals anyway they're not oh measurable. yeah you'll never achieve that yeah <laughs> be a better dad okay <laughs> i don't know what that means but just like, spend don't, less in therapy on your children okay cool that's yeah good. just that's don't fine. write that down yeah <laughs> i haven't done it and my kids are both grown completely 30 and 31 and oh, 28 yeah there. yeah yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So uh, We're yeah. Don't worry about that. One. I'm just trying to survive. I'm yeah. Just trying to get through this alive. <laughs> so I asked this one once in a while, and I haven't asked it for a while. What What three things do you know now that you wish you would have known when you first started doing stand up? Oh man, man! What three things that when I first started doing? It? Let's see. That was that's a good question, man. Ain't it? Dean gave me that one. Did he? A dude. Yeah. He's kind of a jerk. I think just the idea of how hard it actually is, you know, how hard the work is that you got to put in. I think everybody, when they first see stand up and they first get into it, start going, 
hey, this is just, you just get up and talk, man. It's easy. It's super simple. And you don't realize the number of hours that go into, you know, just refining that bit and getting something to where it's like a level. You know, I think I read one study it was like 23 hours is the like the norm for one level, one minute of a level material. And I'm like, wow. that checks out. It makes sense, yeah, you yeah. know, in reality, when we think about it. So I think that would be the one is just how much work it is. I think, you know, knowing, well, I'll tell you, someone gave me this great advice and I didn't take it for like a year and it was, and I wish I would have taken it is a way to get on people's shows. If you want to get on shows is go to be an audience member in their show at their show. Yeah. And it's amazing how that they go, they go, Oh, this person came to see our show and they want to get, so they want to get on and you know what, I'm going to give them, I didn't do it until I'd been doing it for a little bit. And I went to this guy's show and literally he was on, he was like the feature and he grabbed me at the end. And he yells over to the producers, put this guy on a show. And I was like, okay, <laughs> cool. So, next thing you know, like I'm doing shows with them all the, all the time. And I think that, the, you know, the other, the, I think the last thing I would say, just like not to take things personal. And I, you know, I think especially when you start like, and I know this now as a, as someone who book shows and runs shows, it's like, dude, there's not, I'm not like, out, I mean, there's a handful of people that I'm like, I will not put that person on. Right. Mm -hmm. Because they're just a jerk or they're, you know, whatever. But is the idea of like, it's not personal nine, 99 out of a hundred times. It's just that like, it's that person is not thinking of, you know, they have so many people that they can choose from to put on the show. And, you know, it's in a lot of ways, it's whoever's in their brain at the time, which mm -hmm. kind of goes back to the second point of like, be visible, yeah, you know, yeah. but it's that idea, you know, you're like, why am I not on this show? Why am I not getting on this show? You know, I need to, and it's like, sometimes you just got to reach out and go, Hey man, I'd love to get on your show. Cause they're not thinking of you at that point in time. And, you know, once you get in their brain, then they start thinking about you. So I, I think that is, it's such a, it's hard not to take personal when you first start and you're like, I should be on all these shows. I want to be on everything. And it's like, well, that's not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So, I mean, I think, I guess those are the top three. Cool. I was, nothing about joke writing, nothing about being yeah. funny there at all. Just like, <laughs> here's the business stuff. I'm like, yeah. Here's how to <laughs> Well, and that stuff's important. It's always so overlooked, especially when you're new. You just, you don't think about that stuff because your head is in trying to just be funny. And yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's, and you're, and, and, you know, and you're, and you don't know what you don't know about the environment. You don't know what it yeah. is, you know, and you're just, you know, and I think we all think at the beginning where it's like, oh, people will just call me. They'll see how great I am. Yeah. And they'll call me and you're like, but you know, it's just like that little email of like, hey. And your show's awesome. I'd love to do it sometime. You know, it's like, oh yeah, I'll get you on, you know, next show. Okay, cool. Thanks. You know, yeah. weird because you don't think of like reaching out because you see all the things in the movies where it's like, oh, you just get found. One yeah. Like, yeah. The greatest I've ever seen. It's like, <laughs> eh, maybe not. <laughs> I, I don't think that's happened to any comedian. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> no accidents in comedy. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it takes a lot of work, man. It, it's a tough gig, man. Yeah. For sure. It's a tough gig. You got to love it. I mean, you got to love it to do it. Yeah. And, you know, you see people, it's like, you can just tell like, okay, that person's going to be in for about six months and then they're going to get tired of it and the games and stuff. I mean, you just, it, it has to, you have to just love it, you know, and not be yeah. able to really do anything else. I'm convinced of that. Yeah, for sure. It's been great catching up with you. It's been, you, it's probably been a year since we talked or more. I think it has. Yeah. yeah it's, it's been a been, long time. It's been a while. It's been a rough year for the move and everything. So I kind of just crawled within myself and didn't do anything for a while, except for try to find a place to live. So that was, well, fun. I'm glad you're back out doing it, man. This is cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you're definitely right about being rusty though, man. It's rough. <laughs> 
<laughs> it is tough to go back out after a while. Yeah. I, yeah. I see that for like a week's vacation. You're like, yeah. ah, you know, oh, I well, forgot the whole second half of that joke. Yeah. And last week when I invited Carmine to go with me, I called my wife and she was in DC with the grandkids. And, uh, she said, you doing that open mic? I said, yeah. She said, well, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to do all new stuff. And she said, what are you doing that for? <laughs> <laughs> and she was right. It sucked. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't give her that satisfaction. <laughs> hey, after 40 years, I hear you. I, I no, never I hear you. Of satisfaction I can give her. <laughs> that's fair that is fair well, thanks so much for doing this it's oh, man, great to catch up me. and you know you i i don't know if anybody else notices but i tell you what i've been noticing the hustle and i you it's neat to see good things come from it and i i Thank think you. you're the right guy to get it so i really appreciate you know the fact that you came on my stupid show a couple times and the, the so we fun. kept in <laughs> that we kept in touch and it, it's 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 really great to see you just doing as well as you're doing oh thanks man i appreciate it, it now as far as I, I got your website up and it'll be yep. in the show notes where can people find you on the socials the socials so dwaynewhitecomedy.com is it's got all my shows and stuff listed so that's the best place to go to see where i'm going to be but then on the socials i'm white Dwayne comedy on facebook instagram tiktok all that so if you just got to reverse it cool <laughs> white Dwayne comedy so <laughs> excellent well thanks so much for doing the show you bet. Thank you for having me. I appreciate yeah. it.